Well, hello everybody. This is Tina Spangler with TLC Barrels, and today is the TLC Virtual Coaching Group's number 58. That's right. It's um, September 21st, 21, and I've been doing this for 58 weeks, and um, I want to go ahead and go over some um, housekeeping before I get into the questions for the week and also the topic, which the topic is really exciting. Um, the topic is going to be a book club that I've started. It's not very often that I'll read a book that I just can't put down and I can't wait to see what happens next or a book that I feel like really teaches you a lot about life's lessons and applies to barrel racing and the mental challenges that come along with it. But this book is great. It's called The Heart of the Champion, and that's what we're going to start with, chapter one today. So I hope everyone's excited about that. If you have the book, great. You're going to really benefit yourself by buying the book. If you don't, you'll still get to get some highlights from the book with my podcast. But um, before I go ahead and do that, I want to do some shout outs and do some housekeeping. As I mentioned, um, I used to do the lives in the group for one hour every Thursday at noon, but not that many people can tune in because most people are at school or at work. And um, to be honest, it wasn't working that great with my Wi-Fi and hotspot out at my ranch. And also um, the time frame, I'd always have to be like, oh no, it's time, you know, and have to do my hair and my makeup and pick out some shirt to wear and and honestly, the podcast is just going to make it so much easier. My uh, my my Wi-Fi connection was so scotchy sometimes. My live would almost look like a Godzilla movie. My lips would be moving, but words would not look like they're matching. So by doing the podcast, I can share it in the group and get feedback from you guys. So I want you to comment below the podcast what your feedback is, especially on this book club. I think it'll be more interactive this way. Um, I also did some statistics and some polling in the group and seeing what everybody liked the most in the group. And the two most favorite things in the group are the sold play reviews and the video training tips that I do. So obviously those are going to always keep going. And, um, the other thing was I was looking to see who listened to the podcast and who watched the live because both are recorded in, in the members only website as well as at the um, in the group. And it would seem like the podcast was getting more views. So I really feel like in order to completely get the full benefit of the group and to completely grow with TLC's program, the Q&A is extremely important part because I pick a topic based on what's going on in the group a lot. I also answer questions based on all the videos that I'm reviewing and the questions that come up during the week from riders when they're preparing for shows and things like that, or maybe struggling and training at home. So it's a huge part of it, as well as how many people access the website, the members only page. Everything is there organized by topic, all of the lives, the podcasts, the um, how to start colts under saddle, the basics, everything's there. How to pattern them, foundation, dry work drills, um, you know, just so much information in there. So I try to have a full program for you guys and um, not to mention the bonuses when you signed up of the chapter uh, 12 weeks to um, foundation for your horse and then the second 
uh, section of, of competition for your horse as well as the training notebook and the Tina's tips. So there's just a lot of great information. So, but anyhow, to get on with things, um, I also want everyone to know in the group, if you don't want your videos shared, I won't share it. I'll just send it to you in a private message and that's okay. Not everybody wants their stuff uh, out in the open. And um, sometimes you would like some privacy as you're working on things. And some people are just more private and that's okay too. But if you don't tell me, most likely I'm gonna share it in the group. One, because we like to celebrate with you. And two, there's teachable moments in there for everybody in the group. So, um, so just keep that in mind as well. But I've been doing this for 10 years with Coach's Eye app and there's many videos that I've just shared privately and not publicly. So in the group and, and like after clinics and things like that for the last 10 years. So the group's only been going on just over a year, but I've been using the Coach's Eye app for 10 years with my clinics and lessons and such. So, um, so anyhow, I just wanted everybody to know that. I also wanted you to know in one year from now, September of 2022, the sadly Coach's Eye is retiring their app, which just breaks my heart. They're going on to do some other things with their business that's been more profitable for them. So I'm going to have to find another coach's, coach's app that's uh, as good as they are, which I really um, am reviewing some right now. There are some in the you know app store, but I have a year to figure it out. I kind of wish somebody would buy that part of their business and keep it going, but who knows what will happen. So I have a year to figure that out. Meanwhile, um, I still have my uh, annual membership. It's like 120 a year, and it's just a really great asset um, as a coach. So I, I really am disappointed they're leaving and retiring, but I hope that there'll be another app I like as much out there. So anyhow, onward and upward, time to change. So, but not for a year, so I have some time to think about it. Um, let's see here. Um, the other thing I wanted you to understand too, if you um, look at the in the group up at the top, there's a magnifying glass or a, sort, a search column, and you can type in, for spiral issue or D pattern or spirals or anything like that and everything will pop up that has to do with that in the group but if you go to the members only website and everybody should have the username and the password you got that when you signed up if you don't know it just message me I'll send it to you and everything's organized there by topic for you so I hope you're making use of it because it really is helpful if you can't find a video let me know and I'm more than happy to tag you in it um, okay, so let's go on to um, the uh, members highlight for the week. Uh, this week was on Frances Hamlet out of Florida, and she shared some really great um, story of her life and advice and all of that. And I hope you guys enjoyed that um, interview as much as I enjoyed doing it. And um, Fran's been with me since 2011. And I've watched her train three different horses and been a part of her journey for a really long time. So I enjoyed that. I'm also waiting on some interviews to get back to me answering their questions for future member highlights. Um, and then the personal best list, I have to tell you guys, the drawing's going to be the first week of October. And we're only in the middle of September and we have 27 names already. We have 87 members in the group and literally 27 personal bests already for the month of September. That is super awesome. I'm really excited. Also, I want to tell you guys, you worked me really hard this week. 
I literally did 30 videos from Friday, maybe more, over 30 videos, I'm pretty sure, from Friday till Tuesday. I think I'm caught up. If you haven't got your video, please send me a message and I'll make sure to get it done. But um, there was at least 27 people that sent me videos and some of you ride multiple horses. So there could be more than, more than that. But anyways, you worked my tail off with those videos. Um, so I know a few of you, I still got to send you videos, uh, training tip videos that go along with your videos. If you couldn't find them, let me know. Um, and I'll, I'll make sure to get them to you. So, uh, but there were some really great things that happened this past weekend. A lot of the girls and the ladies in the group went to PacWest in Florida. And there were some smoking times. Um, Nancy out of Georgia set herself some uh, vision board and knocked it out of the park with setting herself up for a 14.3 and a 14.7. So two personal best for her with her horses, um, Toot and Earl. And uh, Amy and Eli's first time there were 29th in the 1D with almost 300 riders. I think they were a 14.5. Jeannie and Guy D, first time there, 14.5. I mean, just really nice 2D runs with that level of competition. Super proud of you guys. Um, Let's see, Ashley and Jewel cleaned up. They won 40 money. She won 40 money on both her horses. Um, so you guys, just a lot of you did super awesome. So I, I'm just proud of everybody. Um, Angela and Buster, I think you had like three personal bests in the last week. So you you and Buster are on fire right now. Kaylee and Jesse um, in Florida as well. You guys are on fire, setting personal best after personal best. And uh, Connie and Jewel in Oklahoma won some money in the 3D. Uh, Rita on Dollar, um, she did great. Won money in the 2D and the 3D in Oklahoma. Uh, you also did good with making some goals with uh, Tiger and, and figuring some things out with him. So um, Autumn and Charm, my goodness, won your first rodeo money. A nice big check. And I'm really proud of you. You guys did awesome. Fran and Fate won some 3D money, so that's great. Teresa got her buckle with Hope, and Dakota won her from last year. A lot of you got your MBHA awards from down south Florida. Let's see here. Who else? I don't want to leave anybody out. Um, oh, we had some really awesome things going on um, with, let's see her. The, uh, oh, I think that was from last week. So I'm trying to just focus on this past weekend. So uh, Mac and Suspicious went to PacWest as well. Um, they, I don't know. I think you ended up in the cracks. You might have got some oak. Uh, 3D youth money, I think. So, but anyhow, I, like I said, there was about 26 or 27 riders that sent me videos in the last four or five days. So my head's still spinning. I did over 30 some videos uh, critiquing. So I'm going to go ahead and get right into the questions now. And we just have like four or five from the week. So I'm going to go ahead and answer those. One of the questions was about stalling for your first time at a super show. How do you prepare for that? Is there anything extra you should do? And um, definitely if your horses are not used to stalling overnight and um, they're out, turned out a lot, not, not kept in a barn, um, it's something you might want to try start doing at home a little bit, maybe two or three hours a day just to get them used to that. Um, maybe pay, playing a radio for them or having a light on in the barn at night. Just sometimes those things can be very stressful. Horses do not rest. Um, you can also request stalls that are far away from the arena and the noise and maybe get a, a corner stall out somewhere quieter, you know, on, on the outside or the back of the barn or something. 
um, that's always an option. Um, you definitely want to look into um, maybe uh, bringing some calming uh, things with you in case they are a little excited. Maybe something for ulcer prevention. Um, also, you know, bring they may get stiff and stock up from being stalled more than they used to. So you may have to walk them or lunge them more often. Or maybe even keep them tied to the trailer during the day and sit out there with them like you're at a jackpot. Treat it like a jackpot, except for you're using the stall at nighttime if they're not settling in as, as good as they should. You really do need to go that little bit extra. A lot of times people think staying the night at super shows is actually easier. For me, sure, it saves you on gas and time of going back and forth, especially if you're far away. But it's actually a lot of work when you stall because you've got a lot of extra care that goes into your horses, especially if you need um, to bring your own mats or extra bedding because there's cement bottom, you know, in the barn or whatever. You know, so those are all things to consider as well uh, to keep your horse comfortable and um, not get sore or stiff or stressed out. So absolutely, those are all important things to consider. You don't want to stress colic. You don't want to ulcer. Um, you don't want a horse that's not sleeping or rested so they can perform well the, the next day. So absolutely preparing, but it's also part of seasoning. So just remember that's going to be a part of it. The next question was about stirrups and rein length. Um, you definitely want to pay attention to that. So if you've been a heavy-handed rider, Maybe you rode with longer reins because you're heavy in your hands or your hands are way too high, they're up in your chest. As you're improving your horsemanship and you're starting to keep your hands uh, with light give and take and horn high and you're not pulling anymore, you may need to shorten your reins. So those are things to pay attention to. If your reins are too long, your hands can get out of position really quick or you can have a delayed reaction in how you get your horse to respond to you. Stirrup length is really important too. If your stirrups are too long, you may have trouble getting up to go with your horse out of their turns, or you can't really post in your stirrups if you can't reach your stirrups. Um, it also can affect your balance with your horse, uh, like I said, leaving the turns. If they're too short, it could throw you forward. Um, so saddles, saddles matter, stirrups matter. You really just kind of have to find what works for you. Um, when I stand up in my stirrups, I like three or four fingers between my crotch and my saddle. Or if I take my feet out of my stirrups, I'd like to have, um, you know, about an inch or two where my foot hangs beneath my stirrup. It shouldn't be completely even. I should have a little bend in my knees. Now I know some people have bad hips, bad knees, bad ankles, and you're going to make adjustments with your stirrups, again, for what's comfortable for you. But that's just a good rule of thumb. The next question was about, um, should I shape my horse before my turn? And honestly, that really depends on the individual horse and rider style. If you have a horse that you train at home, where when you do your circles, you do a whole lot of inside hand and leg shaping and releasing, where you keep their nose in and their shoulder picked up and their ribs out, and you're constantly doing your circles where you're shaping, 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 then I would say your horse might be used to that. When you patterned your horse, maybe you long trot up to the barrel, start to separate, and then you pick them up and shape them and release them. So maybe they're used to that. If that's how you train, then that's a good thing that sometimes if you're going to a barrel and they feel kind of front heavy or stiff, you can do a quick bump and shape them. But what you don't want to do is pick them up and hold them 
or look down their neck, look down into the barrel or the hole and, and lift your inside rein or put weight on your inside stirrup because that's just going to cause them to dump on the front end, anticipate the turn and cut you off worse. So you'd be better to look between their ears, ride with weight in your outside stirrup and do a quick bump of your inside hand and leg and mind you more leg than hand and a quick bump with a release is the key. So. I personally think um, every horse and rider is different. Um, you know, straighter, longer, it works best for most. But there are some horses that you want to soften up a little bit before you get there. That's okay. But again, it needs to be taught in training on your dry work, your drills, and on the barrel pattern slow. So I hope that helps you with that question. Um, another question was, it's been raining for a week in her state and she doesn't know what to do to keep her and her horse ready. So. Um, for you, um, if you're worried about not getting exercise because it's raining, you can work out in the barn doing yoga or Pilates or maybe some weight training or, you know, jumping jacks, whatever, to keep your core and your legs strong. Um, as far as your horse goes, do massages, stretches, sometimes a week off for a horse is good for them, but you can give them some extra TLC. You can teach them some ground manner cues head down, yield the front end, yield the back end, all things you can do in their stall. Um, you know, if, if there's little things that you've been putting off, you could clean your tack and just spend quality time with your horse in their stall and bond with them. Um, there's, you know, you know, rain is what it is, but at least you're not in a snowy state where you're snowed in for four months. You definitely go stir crazy. So, but you could be creative um, with what you do. It's a good time to work on your mental game, visualizing. You could walk the pattern in the barn, um, you know, walk a barrel pattern, walk a pole pattern, and work on your muscle memory, just doing it on foot. That's always an option. So be creative, think outside the box, and hopefully you won't be bored and the sunshine will be out soon. So um, the next question was about trusting my horse or helping my horse. And you know, that's a really great question because sometimes people say, well, I just need to trust my horse. Well, that doesn't mean just run in there and sit there and don't do nothing. Uh, you do have to do your job. The difference is you've, trust, you've trained during the week. You're, it's a 50-50 relationship. You give the go cue and you're assertive about letting them know in the alleyway, we've got this, let's do this. You give them the go cue when to go. You put them where you want for your arc and your spots. Um, you say when to rate, when to turn, and when to hurry and drive back out. So you have to do your job. So you can't just go in there and just say, oh, I'm going to trust my horse and sit there and do nothing because that's not how you train your horse. You do your job, your horse does their job. So trust your training and, and trust yourself and your horse when you get to the barrel race. So, um, but you have to do your job. That's key. So the next question was about uh, the size circle to do when they're doing the spirals or the D. Well, obviously, depending on your you know, where you are in your horse's training, it's going to depend on your circle size. But ideally, if I'm on a beginner horse, I'm going to try not to go under a 10-foot circle at a walk, trot, or lope on the D pattern or spirals um, on my little on my smallest circle or smallest D. And then, you know, the bigger ones can be as big as a round pin size. Um, 
But on my more advanced horse, I might try to lope a five foot circle or trot a five foot circle, sit jog a truck, you know. So you could walk and sit jog five feet on your novice horse or your beginner horse and then lope a 10 foot. But the key is you don't want to lose their forward motion. You don't want to steal their confidence or their try. So you don't want to make it harder than they're prepared to do it balanced and correct. Um, so that's something to keep in mind and be certain that it's the same size all the way around. A circle is a circle. You don't go in tight and come out wide or go in wide and come out tight. A circle should be a circle. So be aware of that. Now the D pattern, it's a, you know, the letter D. So it's a circle going in spot one, the back side, spot two and the exit spot three. And then it's straight on the front side. So that it mimics the letter D, which also mimics how you would go into a barrel and then leave a barrel tight and straight, more so like a second barrel or even a first barrel. So uh, the next question was about a skinny horse. All of a sudden an older horse is losing weight and you haven't done anything different with diet or anything. At that point, I would go ahead and have a vet check my horse. Um, they could pull blood, they could talk to you about diet, they could look at their teeth, um, they could even do a fecal exam, see if there's a parasite issue. Um, there could be an issue with Cushing's. There could be a lot of things going on with a senior citizen horse that honestly, senior animals, I've got nothing but senior horses. Well, I have one young horse, four senior horses, and I've got three old dogs. And senior animals take a lot more care and they just can't do things like they used to. So you have to be careful not to overheat them. You know, they can't be out in the sun all the time. They need a lot of extra TLC, not just thrown out in the pasture and forgotten about. So, you know, if their teeth aren't as good as they used to be, they might need a new diet that's an easier digestible diet for them or, you know, different kind of hay. I mean, there's so many factors. So that's something I would definitely talk to your vet about, maybe even an equine nutritionist. Um, but those are all definitely important things to consider. So, um... Let's see. Oh, I even I forgot to mention Gigi got six in the 1D in New York uh, on Bella too. And she's in her 70s. And she's in her 70s, you guys. And um, I don't know how I forgot that. I think it's because she was one of the last people that told me. And my notes are very messy. Uh, last videos I got. But um, anyway, she's in her 70s. And what an inspiration for all of us to be clocking in the 1D with 90 riders in New York at an MBHA Um and uh, her mare is just a, a amazing, hardcore, hard-running horse. They are just a stick of dynamite out there, and, and Gigi sticks right with her. So, so anyways, that's awesome. So I think that might be all of my questions. Um, and now I'm going to go ahead and get into the book club. So I'm excited about that. Um, let's see here. So let's start with the fact that the name of the book so anybody who hasn't got it or wants to follow along, um, you can get it on Amazon, Kindle, or you can get one, a, a real book in your hand, a, a soft, she has it in a soft back, or what do you call it, paperback. Heart of a Champion by Donnie Taylor, a WPRA World Champion Calf Roper. So the book says on it, um, proven strategies to help you discover the heart of the champion that beats within you. So obviously it caught my attention because everything with me is about riding with heart. So I definitely wanted to read the book. The book was actually brought up to me by uh, Nancy in the group. And um, 
and I was really, uh, I think that was back in June. So when I read it, I was like, wow, there's a lot of similarities in her coaching style and things she had been through and all of that with mine. So, so it was a book I could really relate to. And like I said, um, it was something that I really wanted to get into <clears throat> and didn't want to put down because it just captivated me with, with what's going to happen next. And, you know, is she going to get better? So, uh, you know, are things, you know, things going to improve, whatever. So um, for me, over a year ago, I started this group and I had the group set goals in January of 2021, the members that were with me then. So my goal as a coach is to always be learning and trying to improve myself as a virtual coach. I've been a coach in person for 20 plus years, but as far as a coach virtually, it's only been for a year now. So it's fun for me to help you guys set goals and help you achieve them. Um, And it's important that you do a little bit every day to improve your skill and your mindset. And I think this book will really help you with that. Um, I want you to be excited to come to the group to learn every week. And, um, and that's a goal for me. So I'm always trying to think. And like I said, we've been doing this 58 weeks. I'm always trying to think outside of the box. How can I get you guys motivated and inspired? And, and while there's a lot of members in the group that are just on their basics right now or just starting to enter, but there's other writers that are 1D, 2D, and they're really at the point where their foundation's solid, their pattern's solid, but now they're into the really... Uh, thick of it and they have to dig deep and work harder on their mental game and that's what this book is all about so it begins with a woman named Donnie Taylor who literally has since she was 11 years old had a dream for 38 years to become a world champion calf roper with the WPRA and ride at Thomas and Mac arena now I'm not going to give away all of the book because, you know, she would want you to go buy the book, right? So you should buy the book. I highly recommend you buy the book. Um, But I'm going to just go over some things that stuck out for me about the first chapter. We're just going over the first chapter. Um, But before the chapter starts, there's some things like the foreword and all of that. And in 2013, when she was literally 49 years old, that's when she called her mentor or coach that she wanted to be her mentor and coach, uh, Lori Guy out of Texas, who was already a world champion calf roper. And what really struck me about Lori's um, comments in the book was that she had already been like when she called her and said, look, this is what I want to be. She could tell she was really beaten up at this point, you know, really beaten down at 49 years old. She still had this dream but she was still really meek and beaten down. And here's Lori who come from rodeo family and never doubted herself that she'd have a world title or be successful. And they both actually helped each other. And you'll see that as it goes through the book. So that part I thought was really, really cool. And also there's little hints in the first chapter of what um, Donnie's like and what her life has been like. And and I think it's really cool. Um, you know, Larry says something about the fact that, um, you know, Larry's the, you know, she's been like an eight time women's professional rodeo world champion calf roper. She does roping clinics and all of that. She's a trainer and a coach, etc. But she said she absolutely felt that uh, Donnie had embraced adversity with more try and more focus 
than any cowboy she's ever seen in the sport. And she was willing to do anything to be the best version of herself. You know, can you say that? You know, no matter what the mental or physical cost is, is what she goes on to say. And she actually learned more about herself through her relationship and friendship that, that created with, with Donnie. So, um, and of course, Donnie now, after the journey she went through, um, she's actually a, um, a leader in the roping industry and a men- mental coaching field as well. And that's how this book came to be um, when she, her plan was to write this book and the process that she had to go through to get there. So, um, so anyways, um, I really felt like I could relate to her story of adversity um, as a trainer and a coach and a competitor locally, um, I didn't come from a rodeo family either, much like Donnie, um, you know, more of a modest family and, you know, some dysfunction with divorcing at eight and such, such, um, but, you know, I had a dream as well from the time I was a young person and to my early twenties, I wanted to make my own horses, 1D, 2D and, and be a, a full-time barrel horse trainer and competitor. And for 29 years, I've got to live that dream. And I feel like um, it was really something I could relate to. It wasn't easy. I came, I didn't come from that family. Uh, I had support, but you know, it was just a different thing. So I want to hear what your feedback was on that in chapter one, how you felt about it. Um, But I I thought one thing she said was really cool. Um, She learned that she could not do it alone, that it took a village. And I have to agree with that. When I was going hard, I had my husband and my son for support. I had friend, friends and and um, and mentors. I had um, professional helpers, you know, chiropractor and, and vet and farrier. I mean, it does take a village to be successful. And she said when she learned that mindset, it really got her to the next level than trying to do it by herself. So, um, so that to me was really cool. Um, you know, and just believing in herself that she could do it. So there was some really fun things throughout the first chapter that I want to point out. Um, and some made me laugh. There's silly quotes throughout the entire book. Really great quotes, I should say. Funny quotes, great quotes. I mean, inspirational quotes. But one of them that made me laugh was embrace the suck. That's right. I said suck. Um, embrace the suck is one of her quotes and I laughed when I read that because you know what sometimes it does suck training horses sucks we're barrel racing sucks life is suck everything's hard and so rather than just um, quitting or throwing in the towel embrace the suck and know that you're gonna get through it and learn from it and also another quote in the um, first chapter said that skill is a must but will must be stronger It also says to be better today than yesterday. And one of my favorites was her focus on the win, W period, I period, N period. She says to breathe and focus on the win. And the win, those initials stand for what's important now. I talk about that a lot in my group. You can't worry about the stuff you can't control. All you can do is worry about what you can control and that's doing your job. You can't worry about anything else. So um, breathing, breathing is so important. We all talk about breathing a lot and focus on that when, what's important now. 
So also I like the quote, uh, do a little, a lot, not a lot, a little. And I say that a lot too about practicing a little bit every day. Do something a little bit every day. That's really important. And get addicted to positivity. Isn't that great? I remember um, Carly's a really great example. I used to haul with Carly a lot to barrel races. You know, she kept her horse at my house originally for training and then boarding. And we became very good friends. And she helped me with my clinics. And she hadn't, didn't get to barrel race a whole lot, you know, between nursing school and everything else. But when she would go, even if she had a run that would have maybe made me be a little bit bummed, I'd go back and I'd not know if I should say anything to her. You know how it is when you haul with someone and you don't think they had the run maybe they were looking for. And she would always say something positive like, oh, I'm really happy with my run. Did you, you know, see this or see that? And I'd be like, wow, what a great attitude. And that is the way it should be. So often we want to beat ourselves up because it wasn't the run that we had anticipated or or we get into a pity party. Shoot, I had a friend in Colorado that said she wouldn't haul with me no more because if I had a bad run, I was terrible to drive home with. So, um, <laughs> and I remember that to this day. So you just have to, like it said, get addicted to positivity. So it is important that you keep a good attitude because it's not a sport that's easy to be perfect at. You know, it's a sport that you got to work hard at to be good at. Not perfect, but good. So we practice perfect in hopes that we'll be good when we when we get out there to compete. Um, also, I like the idea of setting a big goal, which we talk about in my group, and we set some goals back in January. And to reverse engineer it is what she says. And I agree with that because we talk about that too. Taking that giant goal for the year or the month or whatever and just doing a little bit each day that gets you to that goal. It's important to do that because... The more that you have um, little little goals that you feel like you're putting things together, you have to remember by having a bunch of little wins, it's going to keep you inspired to keep going for the big wins. So that's why I have a Monday win in the group, a personal best for the month. Because sometimes just looking at that big gigantic goal a year away or five years away can be overwhelming. But by having a personal best, this week my horse is going to go in, walk calmly in the um, arena. This week I'm going to have a clean pattern. This week I'm going to fire out of my first barrel. Whatever it is, um, you know, whatever your little goal is, I think is really important. Um, let's see. There was a lot of things in there. There's even a quote from Gundy that said, If you believe you can do it, you will learn how to do it even if you don't know how to do it in the beginning it isn't the way it is we manifest things by our thought process i think that's extremely important to be aware so chapter one begins in her childhood with her first pony at just five years old and then it moves on you know talks about you know they grew up where they grew up and then moving to um dakota's uh south dakota eventually and um you know she talks even then about repetition and dreams um and she talks about not having you know uh money but you know her her parents finally bought five acres with a home and a barn and um you know moving on from her little jake pony to domino an abused horse and um and starting out in just the little speed shows and and even then 
she would practice really hard to win at something back then. I mean, she was hardcore back then. Um, she said she would daydream a lot and, and visualize things and visualize herself and practice every single day just to win musical tires and game shows. So again, I'm giving away way too much of chapter one, so I'm going to stop doing that. But as you as you go into chapter one, some more depth and she gets older and she starts going to now, um, she, you know, she starts wanting to go to the next level, which would be Little Britches. And she sees now in Little Britches, I think, what, how old is she at this point? Um, you know, she's I'm trying to remember. But anyway, so she goes on Little Britches and she sees how the competition is a lot more in hardcore, right? Um, but even back then, you guys have to pay attention to what's coming ahead on the little things, like things that her mom would do or things that her dad would, mom and dad would say and how it affected her. And something really important, I think, in this first chapter, and I want to point it out, and I'd love for you to comment on it, is how um, how words are really powerful. She didn't even want, she prayed to not have purity based on things that she heard her mom and dad saying of other kids in the rodeo. So um, words can really tear us up and tear us down. You know, they can really tear us just completely down or they can build us up. And I think that's something we have to be careful and that's why you have to circle yourself with positive people. Um, she mentioned something about encouraging words can breathe life into us, but words of despair can bring us harm. And which would you choose? So throughout um, chapter one, she wants you to dig deeper. She wants you to think about these things on a mental level. And I think it's important. So I think she was 12 years old when she did the little britches. Um, and they weren't doing as good as she wanted. She wanted to be really good at goat tying. There, back then it was goat tail tying or goat tying. But anyway, she gets hooks up with um, other people, you know, mentors, a, a WPRA and a barrel racer and a calf roping mentor for training. Her dad helps her get the right horse, blah, blah, blah. It goes on and you can read all this stuff. But had they not asked a question, had they not gone to someone and said, how did you do this so well? Another competitor her barrel, her um, goat tying dream would not have come true. But because they were willing to ask someone a question to improve their self, another competitor, how they did something, they were able to do amazing. She was able to win, only at 12 years old, a buckle and goat tying, third in the pole bending, which also won her the saddle for all around at 12 years old in little britches. So you can see how she digs deep, has dreams, works hard, and they're not afraid to learn and go outside of their box and ask questions. So to me, that was the biggest thing of chapter one um, for me. So I don't know what you got the most out of it, but I'd love for you to comment on it in the group. I think that would be great. And, um, and remember, questions are a learning time. Um, you know, talking, you're not learning, you know, I do a lot of talking, so it's important to me to take time to learn as well. But as a coach, I spend a lot of time talking. So anyhow, um, I did love chapter one and, um, 
And you've got to think of it. She says something, which I think is something I say all the time to you guys. We're either winning or we're learning. And that was something she mentioned in there too. So remembering your self-worth is not how you perform. Um, If you do that, you're going to put way too much pressure on yourself. Your human worth is uh, not, you're not worth worth less or more if you win or you lose. So um, it's important to learn from the mistakes and move forward. Um, I think it's cool that she says the mistakes is what helped her get to the next level. It wasn't the wins, it was the mistakes that helped her improve. Mistakes are what you did, not who you are. And I think that's really cool too. So this is just chapter one. So I think you guys are going to love this book. It really does dig deep, not just on the mental side, but the skill side. Um, Also the adversity. I really thought it was going to be a book about a woman trying to win a championship, but it became so much more about a book about mental wellness. And, you know, this time and age, people are talking about mental health more. You know, people have always talked about arthritis and heart attacks and diabetes and things like that because those were diseases. But now they're talking more about mental health and everybody is dealing with something. So you have to cut yourself some slack because life isn't always easy and it's hard um, to do well when things are hard. But this book also was going to help us uh, talk about that some more with a little more detail. So again, um, I I would really like to just close with a few things here. Um, I really want you to believe in yourself. And I do think you should embrace the suck. If you have a day that doesn't go well, then learn from it. And and go on and make the next day better. Make every day matter. So as you're climbing that ladder that you have of your dream, just take one little step at a time. And truly enjoy that journey and that process. And you hear me say that all the time in the group as well. Um, I think that's extremely important to do as as well. Um, I also want to note to you guys, just so you know, um, on the slow plays, if you're new to the group, they have to be six minutes or less, if you're ever wondering. Otherwise, they won't download and I can't get them to process so they're always going to be under six minutes so usually I'll talk to you and offer a training tip on something you can improve on something you did well and offer some things to uh, not just improve on in competition but maybe on things to do during the week for training so keep that in mind as well and um and these are all really important things that are just part of an entire program of how you get to that next level so if you're enjoying my group, you guys, and, and you're really um, and learning from it or feel like you're getting your money's worth, I would really appreciate it if you go over to my uh, TLC Barrel Course Training business page and um, write me a reference. I, I've got like 14, 1500 likes there and I've got a lot of references for horse training and lessons and clinics, but I haven't had anybody really go over there to put some Uh, references for my group I have them at the website but I forgot about my page so my page is kind of lonely over there so if you want to show me some love go to my TLC barrel horse training page on Facebook and give me five stars four stars whatever you feel worthy and write me a little um, reference that would be awesome as you guys know I'm trying to build my group to a hundred not just to get to that number 
but a hundred people who truly love the group and are learning, not just from the coach's eye slow reviews, but from the video tips, from the motivational podcasts, um, the Q&A, the, uh, you know, just my training videos, just everything in the group. I want you to always be uh, feeling like you're getting a lot out of it. The members only uh, page as well. So, so anyways, I just, I really feel like, um, this is going to be a fun time for us. And I try to spend any time, anywhere from 40 minutes to an hour once a week on a podcast with you and share it in the group. And I'd like you to comment what you got out of the first chapter and what was something that stuck out to you. And, um, and remember it's a really good time right now. We've got like three months left to this year. So this is a time to be consistent. Okay. And then you're going to be setting new goals for next year. So this is a time to be consistent and get things really super solid right now. If you can get things super consistent through practice, you know, October, November, December, what's left of September, then you're going to be able to be more disciplined and, and be able to get to that next level for next year. So do the little steps now that give you that consistency and, um, that's going to help you when we go into 2022, meet those goals and, and knock them out. So again, remember, if you do a lot of little things, set up little goals and wins, it's going to make it more rewarding for you and help you get to that bigger goal. And, but most of all, you really have to enjoy the process. In the members highlight this week, that was one of the best things I thought Fran said when she said, you know, I before I was more pushing them quicker and wanting to get to competition and get to that goal, you know, the saddle or the buckle or whatever the points. But now she realizes take the time, build the the confident, calm horse that likes their job, wants to do their job, you know, that's well-rounded, do a little bit of everything with them, you know, not just one thing with them and and all that stuff makes for a difference when you're building a relationship with your horse and that's what ride with heart is all about and you guys know I say this all the time the horse has to come first and you have to enjoy every day or you're not going to stick with it if you're in it just for the win you're not going to last because you're going to be frustrated you've got to love all of it you know, you've got to love the days that you just get to hang out with your horse, the days that it sucks because things aren't going right, and you've got to love the wins. So it's a whole package. It's not just one thing. So anyways, um, next week will be chapter two for the topic of the uh, the uh, Heart of the Champion book with Donnie Taylor. So if you haven't got it yet, buy it on Amazon, Kindle, or paperback. And um comment. I'm going to share this podcast in the group and tell me what your favorite part of chapter one was. Thank you. And everybody, please stay well and drive safe to your competitions. I look forward to seeing your videos for the next week and um, God bless everyone. And as always, ride with heart. Thank you.